0: So today I wanna do a a second part We had a nice break. For those of you who missed Vickers' preach out of Jeremiah 7 last week, it is up online on the YouTube channel. Please do give it a listen, an absolutely brilliant uh, challenge to all of us. Today, I want to do part uh, two on a little bit about hope and why we call ourselves hope. And then actually in two weeks' time, we're really excited about a new series uh, in Colossians uh, to the end of the year. I can't wait. It's a book of the Bible that I think speaks exactly to where we are at the moment. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to look at part two, and I want to call this uh, the heart. Heart of hope, the heart of um, Hope Church, the heart of us as we want to follow Christ, as we recognize that Jesus is our only true hope, that as we shared two weeks ago, that He's the only true hope, He's the anchor in the storms of life, and that He'll never disappoint us now and for all eternity. Um, he's going to be that um, sure promise that no matter what we go through in this lifetime, he'll be with us to the very end. And maybe some of you are checking out faith and maybe guys have said, oh, well, it's just, it's so fun, you must come and explore it and, uh, and, and just give your life to God and everything goes amazingly. Um, that's not the case and Jesus never promised us that, but he promised us he'd be with us and he promised us he would give us a hope in a future now and for all eternity. And so if you're exploring faith, um, I wanna say he'll give you a purpose that you never ever thought you could have, but most definitely he's not a slot machine who makes your wildest dreams come true. Um, we live in a in a broken world, but we can have huge purpose. And so I asked Rory, thank you so much for getting me this little illustration that I'm gonna use for today's message. So the first thing we're gonna look at is the seat, which Dave did so well on uh, today drumming. Um, so he did so well sitting on that. Now, if we imagine this seat over here as being what we're built on, the hope of Christ, useful for all of us, effective. So just remember that, and then we're going to look at the three legs that raise this up so people can see the hope that we find in Christ. And the first leg of that chair that raises up who God is to us individually and to everyone else around, the first leg of that chair of faith, as it were, is church being a place where people can explore faith. The only way that people come to encounter the living God, come to encounter who Jesus is, if there's an opportunity to explore and to ask questions. You know, Jesus was electric. People were desperate to be around him. In fact, uh, we've just got our youngest daughter, Erin. It's so sweet. We've just got her, um, her own Bible. So she's six. Yeah, she is six. I should, I should remember that. So we bought her own full Bible. And this is the funniest thing that she said to us two days ago. So she wants to read her full Bible. Where's a good place to start, Dad? So I said, well, Mark is an excellent part to read, a a great part of the Bible to read, talks about Jesus' life. So here we turn to it." She's like, well, the thing is, Dad, I've already read two Bibles, I know who Mark is. This is my third. Um, and I was like, okay, sorry, Aaron. Obviously, you know things a bit more than me. Um, but but the point is, is that you read through Mark and just now we were reading this morning while she was reading to us, spoke about the fact that Jesus had to keep moving away because the crowds were so vast. Now, obviously, some were coming because they just wanted a spectacle. You know, there's people who want to come to Jesus because he's just going to make my problems go away. He's going to heal me of this disease. And he does do that. He primarily does more than that. But... People, people were desperate to be around Jesus. Those who didn't know Jesus were desperate to be in his presence. And so, yes, there was a buzz of the latest miracle, uh, a lunchtime snack. Guys got free food out of Jesus. It was amazing, you know, bread and fish. Uh, so guys loved it for that. But many truly knew that there was something different about him. There was something that drew people towards Jesus. And in many ways, he was just an ordinary man. He was a carpenter. Um, at, well, we know that he wasn't, as Christ follows. But he was a carpenter. Um, he lived an ordinary life. There was nothing attractive about him compared to anyone else. But he was electric. There was a man called Zacchaeus, who was obviously quite a short guy. It shares the, the passage. And he was, uh, was not liked at all. He was sort of in the tax collection realm. Guys knew that he cheated people out of their money, out of their finances. And he just had to catch a glimpse of Jesus. So he climbed up a sycamore tree. And the amazing part of it is that he was desperate to explore faith in Christ. But Jesus sought him out more than he explored. So Jesus actually stopped. He looked up and he said, hey, Zacchaeus, just so you know, I'm coming to your house for dinner tonight. Transform Zacchaeus. But Jesus was electric and people wanted to explore. And Jesus noticed them as well. There was a a Jewish leader um, called just forgotten his name now Nicodemus there we go came to me it's good to know that he came to Jesus at night because he was afraid about what people in his sphere of influence would think about him so he came to Jesus at night quietly and he said Jesus tell me about who you are Jesus spoke to him about what it means to be born again but this man who was in who had everything he needed in terms of religious circles was desperate for something more he knew he could find it at Jesus so he explored he asked questions a lady had been bleeding for 12 years debilitating and uh, she just reached out to touch him in the crowd and she was instantly healed and, and, and it demonstrated to everyone around the faith that, um, that she had and what God wanted to do, how he singled her out from the crowd. He said, hey, who touched me? And everyone was like, well, Jesus, everyone touched you. I mean, it's bustling crowd. He's like, no, there's someone specific who touched me. And he spoke to that lady and changed her life. And so Jesus was electric to be around. These people knew he wasn't ordinary. They couldn't put their finger on it but they just knew there was something more, we believe that too here. I believe it with all my heart, we believe that as a church team, he was no mere man, he was God in the flesh. And so if you're exploring faith here today, if if you feel you've known him for many years, there's more and there's always more. There's more in our relationship with him or there is a relationship with him if you don't have one yet. And so we wanna hold that out. Maybe you're searching. We wanna say that life is about Jesus. You can find who he is, Jesus, the hope, of the world and it's our greatest prayer and desire that as a church here, we would always be open to anyone regardless of where they are on that journey because that was Jesus's heart and it's his heart today. So if you're exploring, if you've never given your life to Christ today, you're so welcome here. Ask questions at the back. Join a a connect group, come and chat to us. Please tell us more about faith. We're gonna be running lots of Alpha courses and introduction to the Christian faith in months to come. But we wanna be a place where you can explore this Jesus who's changed my life and many others. So if you're an explorer, you're a skeptic, you're confused, maybe you're disillusioned in your faith. Jesus is drawing you and all he asks, which I said in the notices, is that you take one more step towards him. Just take one step, that's all that he asks. And uh, there's some great passages in scripture that talk into this, Romans uh, 15 verse 13. It's gonna be all about hope again today. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. He comes to fill us. When we walk towards him, he fills us, but he fills us with peace and he fills us with joy. And that's what society's after. That's what we're all after. We're after peace, so when we get to bed at night, we go, <sighs> we're excited and expectant for the next day, but God's been in control of the present, and we're after joy. It's this feeling of everything being right in the world and expectation that good is coming regardless of what present circumstances are like. That's what we're all after, we search for in different places, but God is the one who brings it to each of us as we explore him. Ephesians 1 verse 18. That's what God wants to do in our lives. It's talking about uh, people who've come to faith. It says, having the eyes of their hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's those who've given their lives to Christ. And so that's our prayer, is that our hearts would be enlightened, that there'd be a spark, that there'd be a flame that starts to burn brighter and brighter as we pursue God each day of our lives. And then as that happens, that we would know the hope to which he's called us to, the expectation of what's coming now and for all eternity. So those are prayers. So keep exploring. If you don't have faith in Christ yet today, ask questions. Sign up for an alpha course. Get serving. Find out about a connect group. Bounce your concerns off others. We're on a journey. We want to do it together. Every seat here that's filled and every empty seat, and there's a few dotted around here today, there's a story that God's writing. There's a story that he's doing in your life. I don't know what's happened in your week. I don't know what's happened in your past, but God's writing something now for the future, for each of us. You're not too old, you're not too young, you haven't messed up in life too much. There's a story that is yet to write and every empty chair here, we wanna see those filled. Why? Because there's many in the city of Harare who God's calling and who he's drawing and who there's things to accomplish through him. So that's the first little leg of raising up, is the only way people can see the God of hope is if there's an opportunity to explore. The next one is we want to be a place for people to find hope. You know, there's always the danger in church circles of us pendulum swinging one from one side to the other. Either we become outdated. And so what outdated means is not that we're not telling people about Jesus, but we're doing it in a way that just doesn't make sense to people in the present. So an example of swinging to that side would be, you know, the first time that churches, you know, I don't even know what these are called. What are those things called where um, you put the clear see-through uh, sort of writing on and then you press the button and the light, the light turns on and then it bounces off a mirror. Older guys will know, right. Um, <laughs> is that an overhead projector? And then these, I heard all the older people like, overhead projector, overhead projector. So. You didn't actually know, so it shows how young you guys are. You were struggling. You're just so young, I heard it, but I saw some more mature here who were saying a overhead projector. It's now a digital projector, yes. So, you know, overhead projectors, when those first came into churches, people were like, this is of the devil. How can people be bringing things so unfaithful into church circles? When people moved pews away and put in chairs, even fixed chairs, guys were like, this is just so ungodly. It's because we don't like change, right? But the bottom line is, is change is not a problem, provided the message of the gospel stays the same. If the message of the gospel starts to change, that's a problem. Because the gospel is the same as it was in the past, now, today, and for all future, Jesus dying for us, that must never ever change. But the way that we present it can change with the times that's okay. So, we can swing to one side to say there must never ever be any changes, um, everything stays the same. So that's one side that we can be in danger of, We can also then swing to the other side to say, no, no, actually, the message of Jesus, that can change. I'm not saying it can, but this is how people can say things. And so on the far extreme over here, we just kind of become churches that are just motivational. Self-help, tick seven boxes. Once you've ticked those boxes off, do this, do that. Everything goes well for you. If you sort this out, you never get sick. If you do this, nothing bad happens to you. If you do this, Jesus will always be close to you. Self-help motivational self help we can go to that dangerous side which we're not preaching the gospel anymore what are we supposed to do what's God called us to do is to change yes with the times we can have things on a screen like this that's okay we can do those sorts of things to be relevant we can have great filter coffee of course and tea boss, as well um not all gray yet but maybe we'll add that if there's some desperate people we can do those things but if people are to find hope in church it has to be Christ and Christ alone, and that can never, ever change, ever. If, you, if, you, if ever you had us as leadership or in other church circles but us, and we started to hear, guys, that actually just doesn't sound like the gospel anymore. It's a problem. Come and speak to us because we know Jesus is the only place and the only way that we find true hope. 1 Peter three, 1, Peter one verses three to five. That's what it says. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. See, When we realize our desperate need of a savior, when we realize that there's mess and brokenness in our hearts and we can't solve it on our own, when we realize that our goodness is so terribly far from God's perfect standard that we desperately need his forgiveness, when we bow the knee and ask him to be Lord and savior of our lives, everything changes. We become reborn and nothing else can do that. No amount of trying, no amount of self-help, no amount of pursuing something can do that. It's a supernatural work that God does in our hearts, the God of hope. He's the only one over there who, because of his mercy, because of his love in spite of our mess, he causes us. Notice how it doesn't say we can get ourselves born again. That's what Nicodemus was after. He was saying, God... It just seems that there's something different about you, Jesus. That's why he approached him. And Jesus says, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus, very logical man, says, but what do you mean? How do I get back into my mother's womb and you know, come out again? How, how does this work? Jesus is like, no, not born of water, born out of a womb, but born of the Spirit. You become a new being transformed from the inside out. So Jesus caused us to do that into a living hope, not a hope that's gonna disappoint us, not the hope of our successes, not the hope of our bank accounts, a hope that will last beyond the grave, the most important type of hope. An inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, and then look at this. For those of you who've given your life to Christ, who you're thinking about giving your life to Christ, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to come. Once we give our lives to Christ, it doesn't rely on us and what we do, it's on him. He's the one who changes us and therefore he guards us and he keeps us. So a place for people to find hope. We become new, everything changes. Our desires, our focus, we have an eternal destiny. And so we all, always wanna be a place here where people are giving their lives to faith. You know, those of you who were here last week, I think there was three people who gave their lives to the Lord um, after Vicus's after preach responded to the gospel. That's exciting. We want to see that more and more. We live in a culture, um, a, a more westernized culture, you might say it, but where you just don't really respond. Even to put your hands up in music, even to clap is like a terrifying thing for us. I mean, a rugby game, we'll be shouting at that TV or our kids are playing rugby and we'll be screaming on the sidelines. Come. Suddenly we get to church, we're like, oh my goodness. No, 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 we just, to clap or raise our hands, that's terrifying. Now, God's way bigger than a rugby game. He's way bigger than screaming at a TV screen with players or frankly, nothing compared to him. We can celebrate, we can go all out. We can celebrate when people give their lives to Christ. He changes everything. And the final thing, the final leg that raises up Jesus. First one, a place for people to explore faith. Second one, to find hope. Thirdly, a place for people to follow Christ. Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25, that's what it says here. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. How does this work? How do we help ourselves? How do we help each other to follow Jesus? How do we do it? How does that happen? How does it come about? Well, it shares it there. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. It's us building ourselves and grounding ourselves in Jesus and what He's done. Growing, learning, reading our Bibles, coming along here on Sundays, making it a priority. You know, we can easily have the tick box and go like, eesh man, there's no sport on. Our kids don't have sport on a Sunday. There's no fishing competition. There's none of this, none of this. Okay, guess we arrive at church. No, this is the most important priority. You'll never ever regret it. Moms and dads here today you will never, ever regret the standard you make for Jesus in your kids' lives. So often I've had many conversations with parents with their children in their teenage years and 20s and just going, we just don't know why they're not following Jesus. We've said, well, how did things outwork sort of when your kids were young, when they were three, four, five, six, how did it outwork? How oh, we, we sort of sometimes did church and occasionally when we had time, we, we did this and how yeah, we didn't really pray together or read the Bible at home. We, we kind of just, we got busy. We'll say, but those are the most important things. Those are the most valuable things to do. And so if you're a parent of young kids here today, make Christ a priority. Make doing uh, godly things a priority. We loved it. Two weeks ago, we did a a marriage thing. Last minute. I think we had one week's notice. Had uh, 14 couples with us. Lots had to get babysitters and try to find people to look after families. It wasn't ideal. What we shared with all the couples, a lot of them with young families, we just said, you'll never ever regret the investment in God's kingdom for both your life and the life of generations to come. So we wanna follow Jesus. We wanna give him our all. We wanna live as Jesus lived and the apostles and disciples after that. We wanna fulfill the great commission. We wanna love everyone. We wanna give our lives for the kingdom. We wanna see leaders raised and people sent out. I'm just loving seeing young teenagers, people in their 20s saying, how can we help? Can we help with youth? Can we we help sing? We wanna see people raised and sent out. We wanna impact our neighborhoods and our cities for King Jesus. And that happens as we make him a priority. Just says over there, I'll close and then I'll pray. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting meeting together, but encouraging one another. I'd love to see it happening. Maybe some of you in certain business areas, maybe Masasa or Pomona saying, hey guys, let's get together. Let's just pray over lunchtime for five five minutes. Let's pray for each other Um, when you're on groups and there's kind of unhealthy content being shared. Um, I've got a touch rugby group, so I know what this is about. I've had to talk to guys a few times. Hey, listen, guys, that content's not that healthy. But, but how do we challenge each other to spur each other on towards Jesus rather than away? How do we point others towards Christ and ourselves as well? We want to live sold out. That's the best example we can. So I'd love us to pray. In fact, let's stand together. We're going to pray. We're going to pray into those three areas, and we'll hand over to the kids. Yeah, we're just gonna pray and then we're, we're gonna sing. Maybe Kara will just lead us in, in your God alone or something or Hosanna, whichever you'd rather out of those two. That's great. Let's just uh, fix our eyes on, on the Lord. Uh, we, we're, in different, we're in different camps, we're in different places. If you're here and you've been exploring faith, maybe a friend's invited you, maybe you've heard about the great kids' work, Maybe a friend, yeah, I've been chatting for a while and you thought, hey, let me just try it out. I want you to know that Jesus loved people who explored faith. He spotted Zacchaeus up a tree out from the crowd. He had time for Nicodemus in the middle of the night. He noticed a lady who'd been bleeding for many years. And so if you're here and you're exploring faith, I wanna say you're so welcome, but it doesn't stop there. Because as Jesus said to Nicodemus, He says, you need to be born again. Born again means recognizing that we've got brokenness and mess in our lives. We can't do it on our own. That we need Jesus, that we need Christ. We need Him to forgive us of our sins, which He did on the cross. For Him to change us from the inside out. For Him to give us new life, to make us a new person. And for heaven to be home one day.